0: I was lying in bed the other night, 3 a.m., wide awake, not sleeping, again. So, even though I know you're not supposed to do this, I grabbed my phone, and I had a text from an old friend. He was checking in on me, seeing how we were coping. So, I texted back, and we started this whole conversation about how messed up everything is, at 3 a.m. But it was nice to connect, and the funny thing is, this friend and I, we don't really text each other that much. I actually haven't seen him in a really long time. But he was up, and I was up. And I'm guessing just about everyone else was too. This is Beyond Normal. Beyond Normal explores what it takes to cultivate and maintain our well being in this time of national and global crisis. My name is Tom Godfrey. My team at The Big No and I are going to bring you conversations with thought leaders across different facets of health and well being so we can all better understand and teach others what it takes to be well in today's world. And today, I want to talk about sleep, because I believe, and I think my guest who I'll introduce in a second will back me up on this, that sleep is a superpower. When you get enough quality sleep, it can improve your health, make you a better person, a better partner, a better parent, a better employee. But when you don't, well, things can go south on a lot of fronts really fast. And right now, for a lot of us, sleep is hard to come by. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us are sick. A lot of us are scared. Parents who still have jobs are trying to do them while homeschooling their kids at the same time. And because we live in a society where no matter what's going on, even if it's a pandemic, we're still expected to do all the things. And as a result, we can deprioritize our sleep. I know I've been doing that. And it's not good. So that's why I wanted to talk to Wendy Troxell. Dr. Wendy Troxel is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of sleep disorders, both within individuals and within couples. She is internationally recognized for her research on sleep and the consequences of sleep loss on health, our relationships, and on the economy. Ariana Huffington recently called her one of the five most influential people in sleep. She's currently working on a fascinating book on how sleep impacts our committed relationships and on how the quality of those relationships affect our sleep. Her book is due out sometime early next year. Dr. Troxel, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Tom.
0: Very happy for it. Uh, So, Wendy, as a nation, we tend to struggle to get enough sleep. The CDC said that 35% of us get less than six hours of sleep a night. And the recommendation is seven to nine for adults. And that has all sorts of implications for our health and happiness. And this was all before the coronavirus stuff started happening. So can you talk to me, how is sleep tied to our health and happiness? And then how is what's happening right now with the coronavirus serving to exacerbate the
1: issue? Sure. Yeah. Well, sleep is really a cornerstone of our health and happiness If you need a picture of just how important sleep is to our emotions and really our ability to regulate our emotions, just look at a two-year-old who's uh, missed a nap. You know, they're erratic, irritable. They have mood swings. Essentially, they're like emotional basket cases. And we as adults aren't too different. Not getting the sleep we need can make us feel irritable, more prone to bad moods. Less able to cope with stress and even at higher risk for certain mental health disorders like depression. And, you know, the thing is, mental health problems and stress can themselves lead to greater likelihood of having sleep problems, as many of us are experiencing right now in the midst of this pandemic. Uh, So this can be really a vicious cycle that ensues between having sleep problems and sleep problems leading to problems regulating emotion and a risk for mental health disorders. But then having bad moods and and mental health problems can also lead to more sleep problems and just stress itself uh, can lead to more sleep problems. So you can see how this vicious cycle uh, can ensue. And so many of us, as you said in your intro, are dealing with more stressors than ever before, including financial strain, loss of job, or having to do our jobs while our children are running around the house and while homeschooling, all of that can compound and exacerbate the stress that we're experiencing in these uncertain times which can directly lead to sleep problems and affect our health and well-being.
0: Everything you just said resonates with me because I have seen those toddlers (laughs) that are sleep-deprived. I see them every day. I have three kids at home, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, and my wife's at home too. We're all at home, everybody, just like all the other families out there. And the sheer challenge of juggling their schooling needs, their care, our household needs, my wife's job, my job, uh, our sleep collectively has taken a hit especially for my wife and I and I think that I'm coping okay and she is as well but I also can tell that it's wearing on us I think we're both moodier especially me quicker to react negatively to stuff just like you described I'm worried that I might even be becoming a jerk sometimes how does sleep affect my relationship and how does my relationship affect my sleep
1: so I know you're a very nice guy, Tom. So I doubt that you're becoming a real jerk, but maybe you're jerkier than your normal self. Uh, and I think we all are. First of all, as you mentioned, you know we're living in tight spaces, some tighter than others, um, with each other constantly, with very little outlet. If you know um, those of us who are living in states with strict stay-at-home policies, and we're trying to do so much in these tight spaces, and you know with our children and our partners around us all the time. And when sleep is compromised, that really can bring out the worst in all of us. So we know that sleep problems can increase our irritability, lower our frustration tolerance, and increase our likelihood of conflict. So it's really understandable that couples, including uh, you and your wife, may experience some higher levels of tension and conflict in your relationship. Um, And it's really important to be mindful of that and give yourselves some outs because my research has also shown that uh, there can be a vicious cycle between uh, our sleep problems and our relationship health. So when we're not sleeping well, uh, we're more prone to relationship conflict. We get along less well with our partners. And when we're not getting along as well with our partners or we're having greater conflict, that can also lead to more sleep problems. So when I say give yourselves an out, I mean recognize that this cycle could happen, that we're all vulnerable right now to bad moods and irritability. So give yourself a break give your partner a break, practice compassion and protect both of your sleep so that you can do the best job you can to be the best person you can during these really difficult times. You're not gonna be your perfect self. We all have to practice some compassion to ourselves and each other because these are tough times.
0: Absolutely. A lot of people are being asked to stay in their homes alone. I have my family with me. Not everyone has that. And so some people are sheltering in place without social connections. So how does the lack of real social interaction affect sleep?
1: Yeah, I think about my own mother who lives alone and I'm deeply concerned about her. Luckily, I know she's doing everything she can to stay virtually connected and we're doing the same uh, to stay virtually connected with her. We know that having social connections is absolutely vital for our health and even our survival. Socially connected people live longer happier and healthier lives than socially isolated people. So this is a really, really big concern in this age of what I am preferring to call physical distancing as opposed to social distancing, because we've got to do everything we can to maintain our social connections while doing it in a safe and mostly virtual manner during the coronavirus pandemic. So one of the ways that our social connections directly supports our health and well-being is by serving as what's called a social zeitgeber or timekeeper. These timekeepers help to entrain our internal circadian rhythms, which are critically important uh, for our sleep-wake cycles and the quality of our sleep, as well as when we sleep. So seeing people every day at similar times of the day, like at mealtimes or at first awakening or at bedtime, this is really an important cue to our brains telling us when we should feel awake and alert and when we should feel sleepy. Daily routines are critically important, but it's not just practicing the same behaviors on a consistent basis every day. It's making sure that some of those daily behaviors involve some form of social connection. We as human beings are social beings, we rely on our social connections for our health, well being, and in our immunity as well.
0: So, Social Zeitgeber, is that what you said?
1: Social Zeitgeber, yes. It's a German word for timekeeper, Zeitgeber.
0: Uh, cool. We've got a German lesson and a sleep lesson in one podcast. That's awesome.
1: Yes, it's the only German word I will be able, <laughs> able to tell you. <laughs> okay,
0: thank you. All right, Danke. I guess the big question here is, so what can we all do to get better at sleep? in this time when it's really challenging right now. So if I'm having trouble sleeping and I am, what should I be doing about
1: it? But there are some strategies that you can do that I'm practicing myself. First thing, um, as I alluded to just before, keep a consistent routine. Um, that includes relatively consistent bedtimes and wake-up times. Wake-up times are actually the single most important cue to set those internal circadian rhythms. Meal times are also important, and as I mentioned, try to make at least some of those daily routines social in some respect. So if you're not, if you're living alone, if you don't have family members in the household. Schedule daily coffee hours with a friend um, by a video conference, or a happy hour in the evening, or just a time to talk or connect with family members. Make that consistent. Uh, We all have these kind of wide open schedules right now. Uh, which is very unlike our normal lives um, and can be very stressful. So impose some schedule, whether or not you live alone um, or with a family, that involves consistent behaviors and some of which are engaged with other people. Limit exposure to news or social media, particularly at bedtime. The content we're consuming right now is very stressful uh, and can really keep us up at night. Third, get daily exercise. I really am a firm believer that exercise is a panacea for all things. Uh, Some of us may also be eating more than usual right now. So exercise is also good for somewhat balancing that out. But it's also very important uh, for both our mood and our sleep. Uh, so the more physically active you are during the day, uh, provided that you know, you're know you not causing pain or uh, muscle too much muscle soreness, that's good. It really sets up the brain to know that um, when bedtime comes, you've tired yourself out both mentally and physically. As I said, be social even if it's virtual on a daily basis. We know that lonely people are at higher risk for having sleep problems and also sleep problems can make you feel lonelier. The fifth thing is to stay present and um, one of the biggest things that can keep us up at night are the worries about the what-ifs what's going to happen next and the truth of the matter is we don't know and so the best strategy in dealing with times when you don't know is just to stay focused on the present stay here and now what is happening here what do we know now are you safe are you in your bed Are you with loved ones who care about you? Um, Again, even if they're not in your house, are they there in the world someplace? Stay present, stay focused. Avoid thinking too much into the future because that will only exacerbate anxiety and can keep you up at night. And finally, if you're not sleeping, and if you're somebody like me who tends to wake up, um, or like you, Tom, and you wake up at about 3 a.m., my time is 4 a.m. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't fall back to sleep, what I want you to do is get out of bed, Go do something relaxing, like reading a book. Don't get on your phone. Don't watch TV. Um, You don't want that light exposure. You also don't want that stimulating and distressing content again. If you read a book or do a crossword puzzle, you may find that your brain uh, gets distracted from whatever worry was keeping you up or just the fact that you weren't sleeping. And as your brain gets distracted, you might actually get sleepy again, allowing you to then return to bed and fall back to sleep. My real focus here is I recognize that many of us are going to have sleep challenges right now. So cope with them in a way that's not going to lead you in the future when we're all out of this towards a more chronic insomnia problem. And if you practice the habit of staying awake in bed and worrying, you might be perpetuating a habit that could lead to a more chronic problem. So that's why nip it in the bud. If you're not sleeping at night, get out of bed, get distracted. You might actually get sleepy again. And then you fall asleep. Worst case scenario, you have a bad night, but you're not starting a new habit. That's going to increase the likelihood of a long-term insomnia problem.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. because I, I, you've actually taught this to me, uh, in other conversations that we've had together, which is this idea that if you're struggling to sleep, you got to get out of bed and go someplace else. And that's because you don't want to associate not being able to sleep with your bed. Is that, is that right?
1: That's correct. So the technique is really known as stimulus control. We as humans uh, learn by uh, pairing, uh, learned associations between various stimulus and the behavior. And so the association that we want, with the bed and the bedroom, is that the bed equals sleep and sleep alone, or maybe sex, if that's, you know, if you're with a partner. Um, So the bed is for sleep and sex alone. So the more activities that you engage in in bed, including lying there, staring at your ceiling, worrying about what's happening in our world, or just worrying about the consequences of not sleeping, the more you're weakening that association uh, between the bed and sleep. So that the next time that you get into bed and you try to sleep, the brain is kind of confused. What do I do? Do I lie here and sleep? Or do I lie here and stress and worry? And the more times you practice behaviors other than sleep in bed, like stress or worry, the stronger that association becomes. And that's why I'm saying, whatever you do, we don't want to be setting ourselves up now for long-term habits that could lead to more long-term problems in the future, like insomnia by practicing lying awake in bed and stressed.
0: The news right now is uh, it's hard to look away. You want to find out like, are we nearing our peak? I guess my question is, what is all this news doing to my ability to sleep? And um, what should I do about it other than just look
1: away? It's important to stay informed. I want to stay informed and educated and certainly make sure that I'm informed about what rules I should be following to maintain my safety and my family's safety and the safety uh, for the public at large. So yes, we all want to stay informed, but it's about limiting our consumption and being uh, smart about the timing of our consumption of news. What I always ask myself is, you know, when I have a behavior that I'm sort of conflicted about, like I want to watch because I'm sort of glued to the TV, and yet I think that maybe it might not be good for my sleep, I ask myself, How well is this working for you, Wendy? If watching TV right before bedtime gets me anxious or worried, or I'm more likely to wake up in the middle of the night, well, you know, that's a good sign that this is not a behavior I want to continue to engage in. So it's a matter of just limiting the consumption and changing the timing. I will watch the news every day or read the newspaper, uh, but I'm going to do it for me during the daytime when I know it's far enough away from my bedtime that it's not going to disrupt my sleep. I want my bedtime ritual to be relaxing, pleasant, ideally with my husband or or, or my family. I need that time because I want to set up my night to be a, pleasant and relaxing experience.
0: What are you seeing, Wendy, as the silver linings in all this disruption from the coronavirus? How might this whole thing actually be an opportunity for our families and our sleep?
1: I think it certainly raised the conversation yet again about sleep. It's also certainly raised the conversation about the importance of our social connection. And I see both of those as silver linings. You mentioned uh, at the beginning about your connection with your friend at 3 a.m. I've had similar experiences and I sure hope they persist. For instance, I'm reconnecting with my college girlfriends that are still my nearest and dearest friends, but with our crazy lives and children over the past 20 years, you know, we get together maybe once a year and maybe phone call each other once every six months, now we have weekly happy hour phone calls uh, where we get together and we share how we're doing and how we're coping. And those connections are so valuable. We're doing the same thing with my extended family members. I think as a society, we're realizing more than ever how important our social connections are and that it takes effort and it's worth the effort. So I do see that as a silver lining. I also see with regard to sleep, many are realizing that Um, our sleep is so important and it's hard to come by. And, you know, in my world, because I study couples and sleep, I'm often asked to comment on things such as sleep divorce, uh, which is when couples choose to sleep apart, which, you know, by the way, there's many reasons why couples might choose to sleep apart. And that could be a perfectly healthy decision. But the whole connotation around sleep divorce uh, really sets this negative tone. And so I'm constantly trying to sort of argue against that. And in these times, I think there's actually an opportunity for us to spin that perception of sleeping together and start to recognize the many positives uh, for those that it works for to share the sleep experience with a partner. And I'm encouraging my clients and the people I talk to, if you do share a bed, these are moments where we can practice mindfulness and gratitude and appreciation that this person um, is there with you, um, and you know, bedtime is kind of the sanctuary for many of us. So, I think that there's just an opportunity for us to to feel gratitude for the people we share our lives with, including the most one of the most intimate behaviors, which is sleep.
0: I like that. Thank you. Um, well, Wendy, we're nearing the end, and we always want to give our listeners uh, some way to make some small improvement in whatever it is they're looking to improve. And so we're talking about sleep. So what is one thing that someone might be able to do today to potentially give them the best chance for improved sleep tonight?
1: Keep a consistent um, bedtime and wake time. Wake time is the most important if you have to choose, just keep that relatively consistent. The second thing, and this is the new thing that I want to mention is try to practice um, a daily practice of engaging in some activity that gives you a sense of pleasure, that means something fun that you find intrinsically enjoyable, um, that just gives you a sense of satisfaction. I don't know, that might be cooking, or doing some exercise, or playing with your children, or doing a puzzle, something that gives you pleasure. The second daily activity that I want you to do is something that gives you a sense of mastery or accomplishment. I don't mean writing an entire book or even an entire book chapter. I mean a small, accomplishable task. It could be folding the laundry. For me, it was making a homemade pie crust for the first time, which was like a huge sense of accomplishment for me. I felt tremendous pride over such a little thing, and that made me feel good. During these stressful times in which our sleep is also challenged, I think these daily practices of mastery and pleasure can improve our mood and make us feel like, okay, I did something today, no matter what else happened, I did two good things today. And we can kind of close the book on the day and increase our likelihood of having a good restful sleep that night.
0: You know, I I like that. And I believe in it because the other night there was we've, we've had this laundry basket full of socks um, and we're a family of five. So it was lit, it was a giant laundry basket full of socks. And for the first time in about six months, I matched all those socks. And I slept like a baby. So <laughs> that's really good advice. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, didn't really, I never made that connection, but I, I like it. So that brings us to our close. And I want to thank Dr. Wendy Troxell for sharing all her wisdom and advice with us today. Thank you, Wendy, so much. And before I let you go, how can people learn more about you or connect with you?
1: Well, it's been a real pleasure to be on your show, Tom. Thank you. Uh, you can uh, look at my Twitter feed, at Wendy Troxell. And also, uh, just another plug for my book, it will be coming out next spring. The topic is Couples and Sleep, uh, published by Hachette Go. Um, and also, you can check out my two TED Talks, uh, one on sleep and adolescent school start times, and another on sleep and couples.
0: Awesome, congratulations on that, Wendy. Okay, well that all sounds great. Thanks again and take care of yourself. If you wanna learn more from Wendy, Being by The Big No offers an online course taught by her and in it she teaches the science of sleep and she gives you practical tips for getting more and better sleep in your life. Look, I know what we all want. We all just wanna get back to normal. We have to accept, that's over. And if we really think about it, for a lot of us, normal wasn't working in the first place. Normal was stressing us out, normal was making us sad, normal was making us sick, and normal was making it hard to sleep. We can do way better than normal. For the sake of our health and our happiness, we have to get Beyond Normal. Beyond Normal is a production of The Big No, where renowned experts teach the skills of health and well-being on demand. You can learn more about our licensable and custom health content solutions at TheBigNo.com. That's the TheBigKnow.com. Beyond Normal is produced by Nate Mattson. Assistant producer is TMR. Our theme music is from premiumbeat.com. The show is edited by Damon Kaler. I'm your host, Tom Godfrey. Goodbye.